Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week has spent seven years showing you how to have a good time in holiday, in first in Magaluf and then in Ibiza on the Ibiza weekend on ITV2. Now, it was seven years ago when I first interviewed him, and he was one of the first ever celebrities I ever spoke to. And since then, we've had a nice little friendship, and we've come a long way from just bantering about how many girls he'd slept with. I'm delighted to say he joins me on Security and Secure to talk about not how many girls he's slept with, but actually a serious topic all about the state of our theatre industry, which is close to my heart and his as well. Joining me on Security and Security, it's Jordan Davies. Hello, Jordan. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. You've gone very laddie straight away when we're supposed to be talking about theatres and gone very um, high culture now. Well, mate, that's the thing. Obviously, when I, well, obviously, you know, Panto is something I've done a couple of times now, but... Um... I got myself in a bit of trouble during Panto, not going to lie. Kind of funny, but it depends how you look at it. Obviously, at the end of every single show, we do shout-outs to, obviously, um, the crowd and stuff like that. So, obviously, people hand in shout-outs. Or if we know anyone in the audience, then, obviously, we get the guy who plays buttons to, obviously, do the shout-outs. So, obviously, about two weeks in now, I thought, right, OK, it's time for me to play a little joke here. So, I'd always try and slip some, like, rudish ones in there. So, like bend over i get in there mr p nurse yeah drew peacock that one as well but the worst one that i got in there which i didn't i think he would have clocked it but it was well it was mike hunt <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and the boys obviously got our shout out to mike hunt where's mike hunt and as you can imagine i got an absolute bollocking almost got almost got taken off the whole final week because of it but the funny thing was when we were we all were in the shop the next week just getting our lunch and a woman came up to us and she was like oh, i was at the panto last week and we were like oh did you enjoy it she was like oh yeah the best joke though has to be the one at the end with a shout out and i was just like yes i knew it was funny because obviously kids wouldn't get what it means you know what i mean but the adults would which is why obviously i thought it was funny to put it in there but the fact that the woman said that in front of like the main producer guy 
he was like, all right, okay, Jordan, like, I've just eaten my words here, haven't I? But anyway, that was me being my laddish way during Panto. But that's the thing with pantomime. I absolutely love Panto. I go to, well, normally I would go to about five or six Pantos a year. I find it hilarious because you're right. There are certain things for the kids and I find it funny, you know, when you slip on the stage of the custard pies, but also there's so many little nods to double entendres for the adults as well and everyone actually gets to enjoy it. It's a proper family experience. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, Panto, it is amazing because when people think of Panto, they just think, oh, it's going to be just for kids. But, like, the way the Panto, well, I, I don't know what it was like years ago, but now it's almost like there's more in it for the adults, if that makes sense, because obviously the kids are there for the dancing, the singing, all that sort of stuff. But a lot of the jokes, like, the kids won't get, but obviously the adults love it. And that's why, to be honest with you, I would, I'd never really gone to watch a Panto before I'd, you know, been in one because I was one of these people who thought that. I thought it was just all for kids. But after, you know, starring in one, my first ever one, I went in and watched them every single year because it's a really good night out. Like I said, it's everyone can everyone can go from all shape or forms, no matter who you are, and everyone is going to enjoy it, which is why I, you know, all, well, I quickly fell in love with it. What is it about Pantos that you love, though? Because although there are little bits for adults, for you, you were in Aladdin in 2016, you were in Jack and the Beanstalk in 2018, very different pantomimes, but also equally very similar. What does Panto actually mean to you, Jordan? Well, do you know what? For me, like, when I... Well, well, another funny story, but the first Panto, I almost missed that because I missed a full week of rehearsal because I was in Australia at the time. But obviously, when I then got this scene, it's what I love about being in one is that it just becomes like a huge family because those people you are with, it's kind of like isolation now. Like you spend 24 seven with those people. Like, and what's different with the TV shows that I do, like when I'm doing a panto, like people are actually there to see your performance. So as with TV, they just see you being you. But when you're actually, you know, you, you do your, you do your full performance or the night and then when everyone stands up at the end and they clap you, for me, it was like, it was like a different, a whole different kind of feeling, but like a, a nice, feeling that other people have actually appreciated what I've done for the performance and the effort and the time you put in. So for me, it's like that it's that different feeling to what I would get doing my TV stuff. And also, you are for a completely different audience. For the TV stuff, it's very much, you know, those older teenagers who, you know, want to go clubbing and have that almost adult experience. For this type of show, this is where you're getting kids for the first ever time seeing the theatre. They've never been into a theatre before, it's likely. So you are basically showing them what the future is if they do go to the theatre and experience that high culture. Yeah, and I think, well, obviously, the, the thing for me is obviously because I'm not obviously a great actor. So when I got the first, my first part as a genie, I was like, oh, I'm only really a small-ish part here, so it won't be too bad. But obviously, when I was, you know, the lead role of Jack and Jack and the Beanstalk, that, for me, I was nervous for that one because, you know, these kids, that they've come to see something good and, you know, they, they won't know that I would have been a reality TV star. They'll have just assumed that I'm like all the other actors, you know what I mean? So when they come to watch me, even though they're only kids, like, it was still nerve-wracking because I thought, if I let this down for the kids now, if I mess up, and obviously it's going to ruin their day. And obviously kids are brutally honest. Like, if they don't like something, they will tell you. Well, that's the thing. And also, the theatre industry is not just you as Jack and the Beanstalk with your supporting cast around you. There is so much crew. And, you know, Pantos get started in March for the following years because of all the sets, all the costumes, all the designs, the stories, the topical jokes that got added in. There is a massive industry that is losing out this year because of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and 
what I find, you know, what, what is crazy to me is, you know, you've got schools open, universities, where there's hundreds of kids all getting together, but a theatre when you can have people spread out, like they're not going to be touching each other, not going to be close to each other. Like, it's, it's a safe place to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a place where, you know, you know, you know people are going to be, like, hugging or, like, you know, getting close to each other. And Panto, you know, for a lot of a lot of people do love Panto and they like they live for it. And you know, it's you not only the people who take part in it, like you said, all the lighting guys, all the people who do all that. It's also the people as well because some of them they live for it. But like the people who've lost out on work, I just think when you see all these other things open, I do really feel for them because a lot of them as well, like they won't get paid huge wages, you know, like which you know I think is quite sad. But you know, especially the behind the scenes people, like the light people, all that, they don't get paid a fortune. So they kind of rely on, you know, next year's work coming in and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's horrible. Well, you wanted to do some Instagram lives with people who have been in pantomimes. Obviously, you've done two, but why are you so passionate about changing that conversation now and saving the arts? You know, because the thing with it is everyone in this industry, like hospitality, like the start of lockdown, none of them complained. They all stuck by the rules. And as it's going on further and further and further, it's just, it's getting to the point where people have just had enough because it's like they've done everything they can to make it safe. They've gone by all these measures and, you know, all these other things are open, like pubs, bars, that, you know, a lot more rowdy than a theatre would be. It's just it's just not fair. And I think that's why now I want to start having conversations with people because I've got a platform and I want to use it for what it's there for. Well, that's the thing. And also... You are big in the nightclub industry as well with your DJing. Obviously, I listened to your mix class that you put up, and that's also been massively affected. The fact that, you know, for seven months, not one person's been able to go into a nightclub. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest lad in the world, but, oh, I miss those um, chat-up lines in the middle of the club, which, obviously, the girl can't hear me and takes one look at me and then turns around again. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing, like, nightclub is, for me, what I'm, you know, more a bigger part of because obviously being a DJ now for four years that like I had like an incredible summer booked up I was going all over the world and it's just you know because it's not only DJs you've got like security staff you've got you know the bar owners you've got the bar staff you've got the cleaners like the lighting technicians but it's not only that it's also cab drivers because cab drivers now they rely on you know the nighttime industry because their, their biggest fares are after you know after 10pm and with everything shut now it's like cab drivers even they're struggling so you know the nighttime industry is just you know i know it's something that can't open but the thing is there's there's no like people aren't just getting hurt because the industry it, it, it's like one of the first biggest health like you know donation well they, they give back to the government like something like 5.2 billion they give back each year which is you know the third highest in any industry so the fact that they just seem to not care and you know don't you don't really want it to succeed or anything like that. I think which is why people now are just they're just getting sick of it. Well, this is a thing, and you know, at the moment of recording, we are back in a partial lockdown, and it will just go the other way again because people are itchy to get out. They're itchy to be doing things. Talking of itching, you've always got that little itch to go back to the IB for weekend each year, and obviously that would have been filmed now to go out next March. How has that show been affected by it? Well, I think obviously it was because we found out it was very early on. It was like, I think it was the end of May. We found out that it wasn't going to be being filmed this year. And obviously I did 
kind of leave last year and I was 50-50 on whether I was going to go back this year. But it was I think it was all going to be a spur-of-the-moment decision. But obviously at the minute they've said that it's not going ahead. But however, they are filming it next year, which is good. Uh, well, that's if everything's back to normal-ish anyway. But at the minute, it's got the go-ahead for next year. But it's just, it'll all depend on what it's, what, it, what it's like next year because the thing is, we don't know what it's going to be like. And I think, obviously, we have any circuit breakers. But for me, I think the main thing is, you know, when you've got schools open, schools are, they, they're put, well, they're putting 35% of cases, you know, on the whole scale. As where hospitality is only 4%. You've got workplace, which is 20 And then I think it's, Something else as well, which is like ten percent. But yeah, I think you know, with schools being open, I think it's, it's just going to get worse and worse because these kids do go back home, and then when they go home, like it's just yeah, it's uncontrollable. I think with schools open. Well, this is the big thing. So, where would you stand with the weekender now? Obviously, you've been in a relationship with Isabella now for quite a while. Has that affected your position on the show that you're in a serious relationship because you can't? go around with Callum like you used to do and, you know, you take one girl, he takes one girl. David <laughs> might, you know, take the other girl just for a little cocktail. Yeah, well, I think, this, well, obviously last season I didn't know if I was going to be part of it because um, obviously I was with Isabel. But um, I think when they obviously said to me, like, oh, look, we want you back because they wanted to see a different side of me and how I'd grown up a lot more rather than the boy who was trying to get every single thing going. I think it was for people to see a different side of me. And the good thing was I think people did like seeing how I'd grown up and how, like, you know, even though I was in Ibiza, I could be loyal because nobody thought I was uh, or was going to be, sorry. But, yeah, I think people did like that. But I think what would be nice for the next one would be, you know, having myself and Isabel both there so people can see how our relationship progresses because, you know, you've got Love Island, which is all about couples, but Weekender, it's only ever been about just always being single, single, single. So I think it would be nice for the show to have us both on as a couple because I think, you know, it's not really had an actual full-time couple on there. And I think, you know, because there's enough reps on there to get with people. But it'd be nice to show that couples can be in Ibiza together with other people and still have a good summer. Because, you know, repping back in the day, yes, you have to be single. But I think now, I think it's time to change as everything is. And I think it would be nice next year. And I think a lot of people would like to see that rather than just, you know, all just people just get with each other. Like, I think they would like to see a relationship in there. Well, you know, David has done his time as a head rep, he's done celebrity dating, he's done celebrity karaoke. I think it's time for him to move on and for you and Isabel to be joint head reps. You look after the boys and she looks after the girls. Well, I think, you know, I don't get me wrong, I absolutely love David, but and obviously he's amazing at what he does, but obviously if I did get offered head rep, I wouldn't say no, but I would still want David there. Do you know what I mean? Like, weekender, you know, Weekender and Weekender are David now. Like, David's become one of the big big members of the family there so I think we could never lose him but and I do what I would just love to be head rep just so I could boss him around for all this for all the walls he's made me paint over the years I would just love to boss him around for a little bit well David can become El Jefe and just kind of sit in his office and you and Isabel have to answer to him about why the reps aren't acting the way they are yeah well I think with the show today but they've always got new ideas and stuff like that and I think Obviously, with everything going on, like if you know, if it is about like next year, we refs, well, refs can't really get with guests because of the new. We don't know what the rules are going to be like. Like me and Isabel, we were isolating for a long time, so we're kind of the only relationship you could kind of show. If that makes sense, with all if these rules are still there and all that's going on. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens next year anyway. But well, yeah. what if 
what if I'm a celebrity? Get me out of here. This year is being filmed in Wales, not Australia. What if the Ibiza weekender becomes the England weekender, and you and Isabel take couples to, for example, Soho Farmhouse, and you do activities with them, and you're it's almost like a new wave of the show. Obviously, we had the Magaluf weekend, and now the Ibiza weekender, but now this third one will be the English weekender and you take these couples away and you do couples activities and maybe it's more of a competition about who the strongest couple is or you take people out you know something different but done in England rather than abroad well that's what everybody does actually say like they should just do it in Butlins (laughs) there we go that'll fit you well on stage yeah but it's like the perfect place for it and obviously if we did go to Butlins I think it would be funny because obviously you know everyone knows Butlins for like your crazy 10 stag weekends away but i think again like yeah i think you know they don't want to drop the show but obviously if it can't be filmed in ibiza next year they might end up doing something like that because obviously they you know when i put up a post they have a week or so uh, people still they do really miss the show and you know it's nice that you know people are saying that because obviously you know you can with so many reality tv shows you can get forgotten about very easily but obviously it's nice that people they do love the show and like you know it's just it's a show that when I first got on it, I never knew the level it would get to because it was only a small-time thing. But obviously, for it to be at the level it is now, I think, you know, COVID is a shame that it's obviously stopped it this year. But hopefully next year it won't do. Well, the thing about the Ivory Weekend, at the core of it, is the heart of the naivety of the young people who go on it. I remember in season one, I, I don't know if you remember, Gianni O'Connor went on it and ended up in the wrong toilet and ended up uh, getting with someone that he didn't think they were who they said they were. And it's things like that that are just magical because you would not be able to do that on another programme and get that naivety across. Yeah, well, I think that's why people do love Weekender because when you look at Love Island, it's about, you know, you've got to be over six foot tall, you've got to have abs. Like With our show, we take everybody on. Like, that's why people love it. Like, no matter who you are, where your background's from, like, we literally take everybody, which is why I think everyone loves it because it's not about oh you've got to be the best looking person to get on it it's more about your personality and you as a person which is why i think people do love it because everybody's got a chance to be on our show as with love island they have a particular type but with us anybody can come on no matter what age you are like you could be 18 you could be 29 like everyone is welcome which is why i think it has had the success that it has and final question on weekend. Obviously, this year we saw programs that were supposed to be shown had best of. So Love Island is at the moment they're showing the best of of the uh, six series. What is the plan for January? Because obviously, on a Sunday night, there's a massive gap for ten weeks on ITV Two where Weekend would be going in place. Are you doing any special looking back at um, historic episodes or anything? We haven't. Well, that, that hasn't been discussed yet, but it might do. I think obviously because this Love Island one, I think it's done really well. So they might end up doing it with Weekender anyway, um, especially because, you know, that's when everyone would expect it to be on. And obviously everyone knows it's not filming this year. But obviously, yeah, TV shows, it has, it's, it's been weird because, obviously, well, I, you know, as you would have saw, I did that horror show recently in Lithuania for ITV2. But, you know, every single show now is just like, it's so many rules and they've got so many regulations, which, you know, they've got to be safe by that it's hard for anything to really be filmed. If they have to do like a weekend uh, and bring all the old reps back, because obviously everyone still loves Dino, everyone loves Imogen or stuff like that. I think if you were to get some of the original, original reps on it, I think, you know, people would people would like to see that because obviously, you know, we've all come a long way because our show's been running longer than Love Island. 
So, you know, our show as well, like everyone's changed, everyone's doing different things. So I think it would be nice, especially for the people who watched it since Magaluf days. How are you finding being a reality star? And obviously, it was amazing seeing you on TV this week again, and you've been missed on TV so much. But now that you're all set with Isabel, do you still like doing these reality shows? Or are you a bit like, I'm past it now, I just want to be a DJ and move to the next phase of my life and have a child and get married, my friend? For me, see, the thing for me is, like, with TV, it, like, it's always, it's something that I never, ever wanted to do. Like, I got scouted off Magaluf Strip, as you know, but um, when you get offered a new TV show, like, it is it is amazing, especially something like that horror one I just done in Lithuania, locked in a prison. And when it's something that's unknown, I think that's when it's, you know, a lot more fun because nobody knows what's going to happen and you don't know what to expect either. But, like, yeah, TV, it's, it is good because it's just, I don't know, it's just something that, you go away, you haven't got your phone, you're kind of off social media, you're with the people there, and you, it's always making new friends. So I've never really turned down a TV show, and I, I don't think I ever would, to be fair. Well, that's the thing. You know, when you did Celebrity Big Brother a couple of years ago, you were literally in a new world. Obviously, we saw your little bromance in the house. And it was nice because, you know, you are not just a one-trick pony that you can only do the IB Weekend or Celebs Go Dating, that style of show. You can actually do other more mainstream reality shows. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, with Weekender, obviously as much as I love it, but obviously the only really show you just get with people, there's no other part of it really. Obviously, it is looking after the guests, but you don't really get to see your personality as much as such because it's just about, like, who you're getting with, right, who do you fancy this week? So it's kind of with, with you know, other shows, it's, especially game shows for that, like when you get to see more your more fun side, I think that's when, you know, cause going into Big Brother, obviously everybody, they hated me because they were like, oh, look, here he is, ladies' man, just the absolute shagger of Magaluf and Ibiza. But I think that's why going on stuff like that, that people see a different side of you. They get to know you as a person more rather than just what you're doing. Oh, 100% agree. Jordan Davis, I've got to know you as a person over the past seven years. How do you look back at your past seven years? Um, when I look back at them, like, it's... For me, because this is, like, I was never going to go down this route of a career. Like, I was going to, you know, do my season in Magaluf and go to university and, you know, for architecture, and then obviously I was going to try and become an architect. But obviously getting into this industry, like, it's a, it's a very tough one because, you know, when I first started, obviously reality TV weren't a thing, but now there's, you know, millions of reality TV shows. And, you know, when I look back, and to be, like, one of the people who's actually survived the whole uh, Beef Weekend uh, every single series and, you know, be doing loads of stuff if, and obviously now I'm in a relationship with Isabel, which, you know, I met her on a Beef Weekend. But I think, yeah, it's just, my life has just been crazy. That's why for now, I just believe in just, you know, everything happens for a reason, which is why, if you know, if whatever happens, it's meant to happen. Well, and that's what I love. That's the best thing about everything that's happened for you. If you bring it all together, the fact that you met Isabel on the show that you started on, the fact that you don't actually get that much press attention. You get the odd, you know, pap shots, and if you're going to a red carpet, you're papped together. But there's no press trying to interfere with your relationship and trying to ruin it. You seem very loved up, very content, and there's no drama there. You know, and I think as well, mate, we've survived lockdown as well, which, you know, if any couple can survive lockdown, I think you're doing all right. You know what I mean? Jordan Davis there on Secure the Insecure. 
there we go. A nice little celeb chat again this week. And also, I like the fact that we could look at the fiat industry and look how Jordan's grown up from being that little boy that used to get with all the girls and look at the serious issues in the world. But it also reminds us of what the hospitality sector actually means. I've missed not going to the theatre this year. I've missed not going to concerts this year. And I didn't realise it until I now watch them on YouTube. And I just want to be in that experience and get excited to go to something. Because I've always got something to look forward to. And this year, I just haven't had that. Next year, I'm desperate to go to Queen. I'm desperate to see Steps at the O2. I really hope they are still going on. And also, all of the theatre shows, Hairspray, for example, is coming back next year. I'm desperate to see that as well. I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please do rate it, subscribe to it, and like it, and share it with your friends. Don't forget we're on Instagram, at Secure the Insecure Podcast. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for carrying on listening to these episodes. And I look forward to speaking to you at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.